Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith America podcast. This is volume something. 100. Almost 200. You think I would have, a good producer would have went and found how many it's been, but I, I forgot to do that. Uh, it's sad, man. It's the last one, at least for now. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And I tell you, Travis, um, I was floored last weekend after our penultimate episode aired. First of all, how many people actually listened to it and how much feedback we got that we announced that that was the penultimate one and that this week would be the final one. Um, I'm so grateful to all those people who, who sent me those notes because this project has meant so much to Travis and to me. And we feel like we've been so fulfilled by learning about people and the time that they've given us and just hanging out together. Uh, But as far as this iteration of this podcast, uh, there's a lot of reasons why we're kind of moving on from it. Uh, First of all, this is Travis's last week at ESPN. He'll be moving on to Outsider and to On3. He's going to move to Nashville, Tennessee. I'm thrilled for him that he has the opportunity to move to Music City. As a young man who is uh, in love with country music, as a young man who knows damn sure how to party, uh, this is the perfect place for him to live. And he's had a great run. At how many years at ESPN? Uh, July was seven years, so seven plus. A seven-plus year run at the Worldwide Leader. How do you define what you've learned there? Whew, I don't know what I learned. I know I'll start. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. I know one thing that you have learned, and that is a very diverse skill set. Uh, Travis has produced everything from the College Game Day Roadshow to Scott Van Pelt, Katie Nolan, myself, all of our podcasts. He has produced the Live Marty and McGee radio show and the Live Marty and McGee TV slash radio simulcast. He has, in the last year or 18 months, been very involved in the digital side and production there. And so you've definitely learned an amazing skill set, a very diverse skill set. And I have been the benefactor of that skill set. I think a lot of you saw how Katie Nolan responded on social media when Travis announced that he was moving on. Um, Travis was very integral in Katie's uh, comfort level and and the ideas that came, uh, you know, on her podcast. And, and I know that so many of her fans – came to really embrace Travis after giving him a whole ration of grief early on. Um, but, again, uh, Travis and I will continue to work together. Uh, I have a podcast at Outsider that I'm going to continue to do and I'm going to continue to grow. And Travis will be – I mean, integral is not even a strong enough word, vital, in the evolution of that property. So – we're going to keep working together. And I am very grateful for that. I think one thing I learned is you can, you can still be yourself and find ways to 
succeed. And what I mean by that is uh, I've told you this when I first was told that I was going to produce Marty McGee, my first reaction was they don't need a producer. And at times you guys kind of handle, you know, the heavy lifting, but there's ways to come in, be yourself and influence a show and find ways to make it better without coming in. Hey, I'm going to take a sledgehammer to this, the show and make it mine. And you just, you know, I learned that I'm, I'm adaptable and can figure ways to fit into whatever that show may be, because, you know, for example, like you said, you SVP and Katie are all three different podcasts that I was working on, but I found ways to make it work for each and let each three of you do what you do. And then I can adapt to what I do and just, you know, make it work. Yeah. It's a, uh... It's a, it's, it's, it's ESPN is an amazing place because if you work really hard and you have gumption and you treat people really well, now, you know, talent is also part of it. There's just no way around it. You got to have some game at our place. If you have all those things, man, people see that and they offer you opportunity within that, within that spectrum. And, both of us have benefited from, from people believing in us and people making the decision that whatever we are uh, in that given moment is something that they want to be involved with or something that they would like to um, grab onto and maybe help develop. And, I mean, I, I can't begin to name the names for me. It starts with Jack Obringer, who hired me, John Wildhack, the former vice president of the company, um, all of the Sports Center CPs, uh, Lee fitting at, within the college football sphere, uh, sphere. Uh, everybody involved in the college football world at Sports Center, everybody involved at College Game Day, certainly the SEC network. Every one of those folks, man, just on and on and on. I, I, there are far too many people that have given me opportunity and believed in me and given me a lot of latitude and crack the door for me. And if you crack that door for me, I'm kicking that some bitch in. I'm going to do it. And ESPN is a limitless landscape from that avenue to grow and diversify yourself. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's like Mike McQuaid. Let me discuss Mike McQuaid a minute. So Mike McQuaid oversees – so many different things. When I first started, he oversaw NASCAR. He oversees golf now, horse racing. He's going to run the whole hockey regime that's coming. And he is an absolutely brilliant man. He is an absolutely brilliant producer of all the amazing minds and amazing creative energy that we have at ESPN. He might be the smartest cat in the room, in every room he in. And he, he, he's the person that gave me the opportunity at the Masters. He's the person that gave me the opportunity for the PGA Championship. He's the guy that said, hey, you are passionate about going and doing horse racing? Go do horse racing. And gosh, I am so indebted to him. And so I just – bringing it back to Travis – all of these folks saw something. Hey, you have the skill set. You got to go do this because right now we got to have a guy who can do this. 
And what was your first job at ESPN? A uh, part-time production assistant working in screening is where you start out at. All right. So and what's you, that mean? Explain to people what screening means. Well, if there, there's games, you're rolling on them, you're cutting highlights. If there's a, you know, a press conference, you're rolling on that, you're cutting audio from that. Any sort of sound you're grabbing it so that all our shows have access. All right. So to let's it. pull a let's pull the curtain back a little bit for you guys listening. If you're sitting there having a cold beer with your boys, watching, you know, Matt Berry and Jesse Palmer and Joey Galloway, or you're having breakfast with your family and you're watching um, Nicole Briscoe and, and Randy doing their thing, it takes hundreds of people to make that happen. The amount of people and the amount of talent and the amount of precise, intricate effort it takes to, for all of us on air to end up on that box in your living room is, I mean, y'all, y'all just can't imagine it. And, and there's field producers and there's camera people in the field. And there's audio people in the field. Well, yeah, and and so it's like all of us, it's when a you're doing team. A, when you're doing a live shot, let's say you're with Melinda. Melinda's calling back. Happy to, birthday, Melinda. Today's that sweet lady's birthday. Happy birthday, Melinda. And so she's calling back, setting up a, what we call a frame store. And so, hey, Marty's going to do an interview with Trevor Lawrence. But before he gets drafted, we're going to, you know, tape it and then we're going to roll it back so you can feed it to you guys so you can you can grab it well in radio there's a bay of tvs and all the little frame stores we can see okay there's marty with trevor let's get a deck up and we'll, re we'll record just the audio so then we have the audio and we can make cuts from it and so you know that's where you start out at is you you, you cut your teeth literally cut an audio and then it's from there you you learn the board and then so you're running the the you know so you're the technical director of a radio show and then you slowly just um build up to producing all right and then I, now i want you to walk me through you don't have to describe every job but I'll, all, right, all the way to right now what are all the jobs that you've held at espn so i always say the last show at espn radio that i didn't work on even if just I mean, by didn't like fill in at least for one day was colin coward every show since then i've pretty much have worked on in some capacity either as the board producer associate producer uh i've at least worked on a sh the show at least like once yeah it, again the diversity and it's it's uh that's one thing that that espn offers is the opportunity for so much professional diversity because we're a 24 7 365 sports network man and there are so many talented people there. Uh, it's been a hell of a ride for you, sir. And I tell you, two of the coolest moments, and this is more just because of my fandom, the first one was one of the weekend shows. It might have been Dari Mel, but they were off. And they were going to be two fill-in hosts. And the one fill-in host goes by the name of Ben Hartsock. And if you're an Ohio State fan, you know that name. He played on the 2002 national championship team. And so I'm like, I got this dude's bobblehead in my dad's basement. That's hilarious. And, you know, so we worked a couple of times and have become friends. And then the other one 
was Bobby Carpenter was on that O2 national championship team and then played a couple of years after that. And I started producing a show that he was hosting on Sunday nights. Um, and so, you know, obviously you have the Ohio connection, Ohio state. So you start chatting it up and then it was in 2019. So he, a lot of times he'd come up on Saturday night and then do some stuff on Sunday for us. And so he calls me on Saturday, sends me a text. Hey, what are you up to? I'm like, I'm just, at my apartment, you know, watching football. I'm like, you know, meet up and go to a bar and watch some games. He's like, well, I don't get into like such and such. I'll just come over to your place and we'll just, it was, I remember watching, I think it was the LSU Texas game. And I'm in my little apartment in Connecticut watching college football with a player that I grew up watching as a kid. Pretty fun, man. I mean, you know me, I can relate to that. Uh, it's I've been so fortunate. I've interviewed so many different like legends. I do, mean, they're just, they're do just you remember legends. who our first guest was on Marty Smith's America? Yes. Oh no. Who? Jason Aldean. You went there live and did it. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I went to Greenville, South Carolina and interviewed Jason. I forgot about that. You're so right. Thank God Laney was there to help you get everything set up. Yeah, it was a, it was a challenge, man. Speaking of Laney, man, like, she goes out last night with some of her girlfriends, and I had to go over to Kannapolis, North Carolina, to where the Kannapolis Cannonballers play, a uh, minor league baseball team with the White Sox affiliate. And my boy Corey LaJoy, who drives the number seven cup car in, uh, in the NASCAR Cup Series, had a huge charity kickball tournament to benefit Samaritan's feet. Awesome initiative. And all day long, they had, I mean, like 9.30 a.m. all the way until the evening, they had this huge kickball tournament. Corey's team ultimately won the kickball tournament. And then at the very end of the day, they had a celebrity kickball game. And Corey, we've been friends. I mean, he's a lot younger than me. We've been friends for a long time. His dad was a, a champion NASCAR racer in the Xfinity Series. Randy LaJoy. And Corey had been asking me and asking me and asking me, hey, man, you good? You good? You coming? We going to have you? You coming? I got to have you, man. You got to come. You got to come on, man, please. And I'm like, I can't tell you yet. I can't tell you till week of <laughs> if I'm going to be able to come, if I'm going to be available. So ultimately, he writes me like Monday morning at 9 a.m. Hey, you coming? I got to have you, man. Come on. You good? I said, I think so. Tuesday, ultimately, Tuesday night before I go to bed, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm coming. I'll be there. What time you need me there? I need you there by 5. Great. Going to be an autograph session, and then we're going to play. I thought it was a tournament. I didn't know that all that we were doing was a celebrity game. I didn't know that. And I get there, and it is, you know, NASCAR who's who. So we – our jerseys were black and white. We were the black team. It was like Kyle and Kurt Busch were there. The comedian John Christ was there, who's a, a, a become a good buddy of mine. He's a great dude. Um, uh, Connor Daly, the IndyCar star, was there. Oh, we just had all these guys, right? My boy Bob Pockris, the uh, Fox Sports reporter, who's just a complete legend. We had a great Austin Dillon, who drives a three-car for, uh, for his Paul Paul. We had an awesome group. We had so much fun. Uh, Joey Logano was on my team. 
just really fun. On the other team was uh, like Eric Almarola, Ryan Blaney, Bubba Wallace, uh, you know, a bunch of other NASCAR guys. And I th- found it to be so hilarious. I said to Corey before I came there, I said, I got one condition, dude. He goes, what is it? I said, there better be – I said, is there a nine on my jersey or am I bringing duct tape? Because I'm not going to compete in some athletic event without a nine on my back. I, I haven't done that since fourth grade other than high school basketball because we couldn't wear nine. But anyway, he, he laughed at that. He's like, you're good, bro. And uh, so – I get there, and the other team, uh, Ross Chastain was on the other team. Guess what their daggone colors were? Red and blue. Red, white, sky blue. It was Giles Spartan colors. I was like, oh, my gosh, I should have been on the other team. Um, But it was great to see all those guys. I made a play at third base. I was playing third base. Uh, Ryan Blaney lasered one down the third baseline, and I dove and caught it and separated my right shoulder. Um, Did you know immediately that you separated it? I'm in so much pain. I can't – I mean, dude, it. I did. I knew I was hurt. I knew that it wasn't like, oh, that that hurt for a second. I knew – and Austin Dillon came over. They were all trying to help me up. Like the the crowd went crazy. The announcer was like, Marty Smith, you know, the whole thing. And Blaney came running over. Corey LaJoy came running over. Kurt Busch came running up. They were all, like, going to dap me up and tell me great play. And I was like, get away from me. Just get away from me a minute. I don't think I'm – I think I'm hurt, y'all. Austin came running over, and he goes, dude, are you okay? You are white as a sheet. Like, all the color came out of my face. I was like, okay, I've broken a rib. I have broken my clavicle. I have broken my shoulder or dislocated my shoulder. Like, I was in – excruciating pain and y'all can laugh at me it's okay it's okay to laugh at it it hurt so much but then as I walked it off I was like lifting it up like spinning it around I'm like okay I don't think anything and I'm feeling the difference between my right shoulder which is the one that I fell on and my left shoulder and I'm like well they feel the same there's no bones anywhere over here that aren't over here but I am in like remarkable pain I mean, so, people should see you right now. You're you're sitting with an ice pack. Oh, I got an shirt. ice pack on my shoulder. Yeah, I've had a, I, I, unless I was asleep last night, I've had an ice pack on my shoulder constantly. And as y'all know, my best friend growing up, Mark Vinson, is the Tampa Bay Rays athletic trainer uh, down there down there in Florida. And so Laney was like, "Let me take a video of it," because I texted the video. Have you seen the video yet, Travis? I saw you posted on Instagram. Yeah. So. There's another angle that I put on Twitter that a fan, uh, a fan tweeted it and goes, um, hey, at Phillies, you need to sign Marty Smith right now, hot corner or whatever. <laughs> and so I sent it to Bones, and he was like, uh, uh, let me see what it looks like. So Lainey took a video of like my one – I took my shirt off, and she took a video of one shoulder compared to the other shoulder. We send it off to Bones. And he goes, yep, you separated it. He's he probably goes, thinking, it's, it's not like I have anything going on. It's not like the team that I uh, work yeah, for we're starts not playing their playoff the run Sox tomorrow. The AL division series or anything. Um, and he was like, yep, you definitely separated it. He goes, I, I would say it's a grade one or a high grade one or low grade two sprain. 
he goes, if you were a football player or whatever, you'd be in a sling for a week to take all the weight off of it because even the weight of your arm will re-separate it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, dude, that's going to hurt for a month. He's like, that, that is a very painful thing that you have there. And I'm like, no, Sherlock. I know I I'm wincing here, but I just, dude, I get so angry at myself. You're old. I don't understand why I have to be so competitive. Like, why, just pl enjoy playing the game. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't look at that as being yeah, I wasn't like I wasn't like legging out a triple, you know? Yeah. The ball was coming towards you and you went, I don't look at that as being overly competitive. I look at it as, as you're overly old. It was a reactionary play. And yeah, I am old, but I don't honestly. I'm not even sure if age is a factor in you this. You fell on it, dude. It hurt my ribs, killing me. My elbow went straight into my rib. I mean, at least you have a cool story. My story was I fell face first into my bed frame. I mean, yeah, least, you did, dude. You lit your lip up too. It's still got like some scar tissue there. Um, but yeah, so we had so much fun in that kickball game. I did hate you, that I got hurt. I'm gonna did tell you, you why. Drive yourself, that. or did was did you have to drive home? Uh, Cameron was with me. I, okay, I took Cameron with me, and he's getting his permit anyway. So he has to get 60 hours of driving with a parent, 10 of which have to be at night. So he drove me there, which was an hour. It's it's an hour to Kannapolis, and then he drove me home. Dude, that drive home, I had an ice pack on, and it's I could feel it like tightening up. I'm like, God, dude. it's a good thing he like, was there. Uh, and you know what, dude? It was – he did – my son is a really good driver. He did a great job. It was pouring rain on these little backwoods, nowhere, rural North Carolina no lines. He slayed it. He did a great job. And so, anyway, I went to bed last night, felt fine. You know, I couldn't roll onto my right – I couldn't roll onto my shoulder, which I always I'm – a, I'm a flip and turn sleeper. Fetal position both ways, guy. I couldn't get over there, so there's a couple tweaks, but I'm going to be – I'm fine. It just – it's going to take time. Kurt Bush, hey, shout out to Kurt. Kurt was genuinely concerned. He, he, had, he had wrecked at Daytona either a, a couple years ago, I guess he told me, and he uh, – I think he said dislocated his shoulder in that wreck, and he goes, I'm going to send you my chiropractor. I'm going to send you my orthopedist. I'm going to text you their numbers. He goes, go get it fixed. He goes, don't be proud. Trust me on this. Go get it fixed. And I'll be damned. I got home from the game. We went and picked up Mia and Vivian from dance. Cameron and I did. Come home. Sure enough, right there on my phone, Kurt, go get it fixed. And he sent me both of his doctors. Both of his doctors. But anyway, uh, I think it's I think it was awesome for them to do it, one, just because it's for a good cause. But they're they just raced the other day <laughs> yeah they raced monday yeah yeah they raced monday and, and and look had they raced sunday a lot of those same guys would have been playing in jimmy johnson's golf tournament that i played in monday by the way i played quail hollow monday and travis that's another reason this injury ticks me off i'm coming dude like i am i am i'm coming dude i am getting better at golf and my, I'm telling you, man, my guy Ryan up there at Great Bay in Ocean City, 
I guess it, it's actually in Summers Point, New Jersey. I took one lesson with that guy, and then I incorporated that lesson into my game. And the and plus, also, I got brand new clubs. That helps. Those always help. You know, Wilson, I got Wilson staff clubs, and they're balling. And so, man, we pl- I played with my buddy Tony Christensen in Jimmy's golf tournament, and it was a best ball. And I bet we played my ball. I bet, and we had a couple aces. Well, I bet we played my ball fifteen times. I think we you, shot sixty-four. Did you channel Maybe. your like your Justin Thomas, your Ryder Cup? Is that what it was 66. for you? I wore I wore my Ryder Cup vest, and they all gave me a big ration of grief because it was pretty hot outside. But I didn't care. I'm, but so, I'm, but here's the thing though: is you are always cold, and you love a vest. I hate being cold, and I'm a vest guy. Yeah, you know me well. I mean, at the Masters, I think you ended up going home with like three vests because one day you didn't have it with you, and you got cold, so you went and bought another one. I went and bought one. Yeah, you. I love. You, I am a vest guy. I love vests, and I, what I love about vests, man, I don't know. It, it, it might be weird to me, but I like for there to be a like tight, snug sensation around my torso. And the vest offers that. Yeah, they gave me so much crap for wearing that thing in that in the heat, but hey, it worked. Well, because it keeps you warm, but it allows movement with your arms. And yeah, you like your you like your your vest like your shirts, like it's medium. My shoulder hurts. I could if folks could see you were getting ready to talk and instead you started a grimace and sit back in your chair in pain. All right. Uh one thing that we definitely have to discuss here is college football and i went to the bama Ole miss game and alabama is very good they are a complete football team meanwhile down the road arkansas traveled into sanford stadium and the georgia bulldogs beat coach Pittman and our boy Barry Odom and the Hogs, 37 to nothing. I didn't see that coming. I knew Georgia was good. I felt like Georgia was the better football team. But that was unbelievable. And, hey, Stetson Bennett, hey, big shout-out, buddy. I mean, that guy played out of his mind. I thought thought that Ole Miss and Arkansas wouldn't win, but they could cover. I didn't – I did not – See the the I'm not shocked by the Bama one because I got an early I got a feeling that Saban and the boys were going to go. The Georgia one is the one that was like to your point of Stetson Ben. I was like, it. I did a double take with the with that offense and that team. Yeah, me too. They're really good. Uh, there's a couple. I mean, there's a huge game this weekend with Iowa and Penn State in the Big Ten. That that game, thing. If that thing's a that's a big football game, buddy. It's a huge game for a couple of reasons and. This basically means th- that the Big Ten will only have one team undefeated, most likely. Yeah. Because Iowa is going to play them. So if they win, then they, but then, you know, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State all haven't played yet. Yeah. And like, those are going to be, those are going to be unbelievable football games. And don't look now. Ryan Day's got the boys starting to Yeah, they're balling. They got a little pep in their step. And the big thing that I was saying is two weeks ago, Michigan holds on and barely beats records. And everyone's oh, Jim Harbaugh's got the team go and look at them now. They they won by seven, guys. Let's let's pump the brakes. High State went in there to Rutgers and knocked the doors off. 
So let's just, uh, you know, if you want to hype them up, go for it. I love it because then when they, the game comes around and we smoke them, it means even more. But I can't wait to see what, you know, what it looks like when they do face off against you guys. And, you know, there's what that's been the narrative for Coach Harbaugh for years now is he can't beat this team or he can't beat that team or he hasn't beaten that team. So that's still out there. And I love it that he's doing well. I love it that Michigan's undefeated. You know who's balling uh, out for Michigan right now? Aiden Hutchinson is yeah. a damn animal. Yeah, he's a great football player. I mean, he's a great football player. And he was. I'm glad that he came back. I'm glad that he's having this kind of year. Uh, he was uh, awesome to us when back during COVID came on to our podcast here and really gave us tremendous insight about what it's like being a player in the middle of COVID and, and not having the answers that you need. And so I'm so glad that, that he's having great success and uh, he's going to make a lot of money at the next level too. You know, so, the, other, the other game, you got the Red River, OU yep, Texas. That's where college game day is. They're down uh, at the Red River rivalry, whatever we call it now. OU has been kind of that team where it's like nobody trusts them because they've haven't looked great, but they're they're still undefeated. And in college football, if you're undefeated, man, it don't matter. And then it's like, can let's we'll see where Sark has his team. Well, Texas is starting to play a lot better. Bajan Robinson, uh, they're 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 starting to play a whole lot better. They're starting to get more comfortable and figure it out. They ran into a buzzsaw in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and. Uh, this game intrigues me so much. I really like – I like Sark at Texas. Like, I, I know it's going to work. I'll say that. And, you know, Sark against Lincoln Riley, how do these defenses manage this against these two offensive savants? And can Oklahoma – I mean, they're five and zero. Oh, they're highly ranked still, but no. I mean, everybody is just waiting on them to look like they're supposed to look, and we're just not there yet. So this is a massive game. It's going to be a very difficult victory for whoever gets it. So it, you know, it's at the state fair, and I know you're very particular with your foods, but if you were to go to the game in the fair, what's the one fair food that you'd be like? You know what? I'm going to cheat on the diet for today. Well, okay. How many beers have I drank? Uh, let's say a couple. You're not, you know. Let's say, let's say two, three. Yeah. Uh, all right. One of my fair vices is the elephant ear. I love the funnel cake. Uh, the, the fried goodness. I love the sprinkly powdered sugar on top. And if it's the right fair, one thing that the, the Pulaski County Fair used to do over at the Pulaski Fairgrounds is they would actually put cinnamon sugar on top of the funnel cake. They'd put the powdered sugar on top, and then they'd sprinkle cinnamon sugar on top of the powdered sugar. Hey, that's another stratosphere. You, you want to go one more notch on that? If you get a nice hot one, a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Oh, Lord, dude. I would go into 
I'd be in some kind of sugar shock for sure. Uh, but hell, I'd enjoy it. I, I, uh, I a nice uh, fried Oreo sounds good. Fried Oreos are very good. We have this thing in Charlotte here over in Concord called the Renaissance Fair, and we go. Laney and I go. We take the kids, and they have fried like the, they have like a fried Oreo assembly line. They put the Oreo on the on the conveyor belt. It goes down into the oil. It comes out of the oil all fried up. It drops right into the like chocolate or whatever's on there, and man, it's just to die for. It's unreal. There's a show on, I think it's Food Network, one of those shows, and it's called like Carnival Foods. And the guy goes around to all the different carnivals and show the things that these people are making up these days is it, it's unreal. I, I you're right. I could only do like a one, like one or two things, and it's like I, you know, I gotta tap out or else I'm gonna be on a sugar hive for the next month. No question. Um all right, y'all. Uh, that's our time. We are so grateful for every one of you guys who've been so invested in this. You got, I mean, who knows? Uh, may come back at some point. Don't know right now, but for now, uh, we're signing off from Marty Smith's America. And for one final time, I will say thank you so much to Travis. I will say thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country working hard to keep your community safe, fire and rescue. Thank you for your heroism and the U.S. military. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. I am so grateful to live in the United States of America. And thank you so much for what you do. We are free, and my gosh, what a blessing. Y'all be good. Again, you can check Travis and me out. Make sure to check our social media feeds and – uh We'll see you over there. Thank you so much. We'll see y'all soon. This is Marty Smith's America. Be good, y'all.